Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome. Uh, our 8.30 a.m. wake-up call with WBRX. We're, you know, here, here we are as we're moving now through the month of May 2021, and, man, we're just so excited about the growth that we're experiencing, the things that are taking place with our with the customers that we're bringing on and, and some cool things that we're going to be talking with you about. We have, you know, Sean and I, we, we spent the, you know, the weekend. I know that I just, uh, we had a great day yesterday, Mother's Day. Hopefully you guys did as well. And now as we kind of enter into the, enter into the month here, kind of full steam ahead, you know, many of you have, you know, mentioned and texted and emails and otherwise that you've got some good stuff cooking, which is great. And uh, I, I shout out to you guys that, you know, many of you have done a great job of just continuing the, you know, continuing forward with, uh, you know, with the consistency of, of what you're trying to accomplish. And sometimes, you know, we, we find ourselves, and it's very normal. We had a great conversation on Saturday uh, with, with some of you guys, and we were just discussing the fact that, you know, when you're in a business that requires consistency of doing the same things, you know, over and over and over and trying to evaluate if it's getting a little bit better, if there's some things that you can do to improve it. But ultimately, you're getting in front of people and you're sharing your excitement about the product that you're using and you're sharing your excitement about the business opportunity, right? But, but on any given day, let's just face it, you know, you, you can find yourselves, you know, emotionally not as up as you would another day. And I think that's kind of where things do get to change a little bit. And we know that in, in our business, in this industry, the very best time to do the most that you possibly can to help a new person is when they first get involved because they are experiencing that high as we all have experienced of the emotion that comes about when you're doing something new, uh, when you're doing something that you believe could potentially unlock the, the, the door to um, something better in terms of your finances, something better in terms of your time and freedom, all those things that, that happen when a brand new person gets involved, those emotions, those highs that go on. And oftentimes in our industry, people experience uh, the, the um, most success in terms of recruitment and getting people excited about what they're doing when they first get involved. And it's not because they're saying all the right things at all. It's not because they're doing all the right things at all. It's because they're just, you know, they're just, um, everyone can see and sense that excitement and it's very attractive. It, it attracts a lot of people. Sometimes we, we can, you know, find ourselves saying all the worst things in the world and throwing up all over the people, but, but because we're genuinely excited, We've got all that enthusiasm and that belief in what we're committed to and what we're now doing, and we just want to go out and tell the world about it. Then we find ourselves attracting a bunch of people. But oftentimes what happens, and you know, people realize, is as you're in the business for a little while, then your knowledge tends to increase. You start to understand more of the things that you should be saying, and you start to understand more of the uh, information about the compensation plan and more of the details about the products and more of the information. And then we find ourselves trying to go out and we start trying to communicate those things and we leave out that excitement and that enthusiasm and that, and that belief. And, and, then, and then we start to you know, look at it and we start to realize, well, we're just not, we're not really you know, necessarily attracting as many people as we did when we were first involved. Even though we were saying all the wrong things then, Maybe now, because we have a higher knowledge base, we're starting to say more of the correct things. 
you know, and we're starting to, you know, deliver more of the better information, but we're not doing it necessarily with that excitement and that enthusiasm. And so it, it oftentimes is not as successful. And, and so I always, we, we have a little graph that we talk about. So when people get involved in this industry, they, they tend to have <clears throat> the highest amount of success in attracting people early on. I always encourage anybody, when you first sponsor somebody, get with them as soon as they get involved, get their list together, and help them by communicating some of the knowledge that you have uh, that you've kind of learned if, after you've listened to maybe many of the Zoom calls or you've heard a presentation, you know, at least 10 or 15 or 20 different times, you start to understand some of the messaging that should be delivered, and, and, then, and then you combine that with that new person's enthusiasm, your new sponsor who's got you in front of new people, be it on a three-way call, conference call, whatever it may be, and, and then you, th that's when the magic starts to happen. And I tell people, and we've talked about this many times, the best, very, the very best uh, tool that you can use when you have new people involved, or, listen, I, I try to use it as often as I possibly can, it's called a three-way call, you know, a successful three-way call. If you've never used a three-way call, I would encourage you to do that. Simply scheduling a three-way call is nothing more than you letting, you know, your potential uh, prospect or, or person know Hey, I've got you know I've got somebody that I want you to you know talk with. I want you to hear kind of their perspective and let that person cast vision. It could be somebody in your upline, right? Or it could be it could be Sean. It could be myself. And we we do three way calls as often as people would like to do them. And, and and what that does is it allows them to sometimes listen to the knowledge and the information combined with your excitement and your belief. And, and through the perspectives that you have with your background and that person has with their background, then you can sometimes move the needle. In fact, oftentimes you'll do it much better when you do it with somebody else than if you try to do it by yourself. And I've encouraged people, uh, you know, along the way. And, and, you know, we've got some very talented people in our business right now. Some folks I've, you know, I, I've been talking with that are up in the Dallas area, extremely talented, got a sphere of influence that's really tremendous. Uh, very, very likable, very talented people. But sometimes when you try to take the skill set that you've introduced in a, another business or another walk of life, and, and maybe there you don't require, um, you know, the, um, the information given by lots of other people. You, in other words, it's just, it's a product, it's a service, it speaks for itself. Your ability to communicate that product and that service is all somebody needs to hear. To, to help them make a decision. But here, let's face it, people are not just buying into the product, they're buying into the organization, they're buying into the culture, they're buying into a lot of other things. So the more, the more people you can have involved in that effort, the, the, the bigger your team is, your team of, uh, of tools, your team of people that are like-minded but they have different backgrounds, the more versatility you have in your smorgasbord of, of information to offer that new person, the better off you're going to be. So it's all very strategic. It's not just by chance or happenstance or let me see if this will work. You have to use the uh, tools that you have in your artillery. And, and in the early stages of talking with somebody, they're hearing from you. Um, hopefully you're 
sending them maybe a YouTube video if they want to know more about the products from Dr. Jasani rather than trying to go through all that information yourself or, or letting them see, uh, you know, specific information, uh, you know, in, in the way of, uh, you know, in the way of our, our product guide or in the way of our physician's guide to the CBD or in the way of the guides that we provide. It can be on an ebook, It can be in printed fashion. Hopefully let some of the tools do the heavy lifting because no one wants to become a product expert. No one wants to know the details. They just want to know that it's there, and they want to be able to look at it, and they want to be able to see it. They don't want to hear it from you because if they hear it from you, then they are going to believe that they're going to have to do the same thing. Critical error and judgment that I made when I first got involved in the industry is I thought I had to become a product expert because I owned a health club and a physical therapy practice. I thought, well, I've got to know everything. I've got to know all the information before, and then I've got to be the one to deliver it. Well, I, I was dead wrong because in my effort to try to deliver all that information, all people thought was, oh, my God, I can't become a product expert like this guy, and I wasn't recruiting anybody. But when I stopped doing that and I kept it very, very basic, I just talked about the results that I was getting, I was seeing other people get, I was letting them talk to other people that had already tried and used the product, I was amazed at how other people's information had more value than my information. I was surprised to see that I was more affected by leveraging the skills of other people rather than just using my own. It was, it was counterintuitive. I mean, after all, I had had good success at training people and aggregating a, a large group of clients, some of the, uh, you know, some, some people in the professional athletic realm and some people in the entertainment realm and some people in the executive realm and, you know, my word was all that I needed, I believe I needed to have. But my problem was is that I didn't recognize that they needed to have a lot more than me when it came to a different type of business, when it came to a business of marketing and distributing and building a, a, a network that I had never done before. And because I had never done it, <clears throat> it wasn't like I was an authority in it. I was just a new person. But I was trying to use the authoritative information I had gathered in my other career in this career, and it just, it just didn't work until someone pulled me to the side and said, let me explain to you why it's not working. And I had my own revelation because for me, <clears throat> I, you know, I knew I had to get past my ego. I had to get past believing I had, you know, I could do all things for all people and realize it was a different business. It was a completely different dynamic, and I had to literally strategically use the efforts of other people. Some of the people... <clears throat> were in my upline and <clears throat> had a vested, <clears throat> excuse me, had a vested interest in my success. And some of the people that I leveraged had had no um, interest in my success, or no, not not no interest, but they had no nothing that they were going to generate in terms of income from what I was leveraging them from. They were just people that had had results with the product. They were cross line. Uh, they they weren't people that were necessarily going to participate in, in earning revenue, but if they had the time and they were willing to make the time, I would leverage a three-way call with those people. I, I, when I first got involved in this business, I would tell you <clears throat> for the first, I would say, well, as, as a distributor, <clears throat> I was on three-way calls with people mm, at least four to five, sometimes seven times a day. And this was in between appointments. This is at the, you know, Usually after the, um, you know, after like my five or six o'clock appointment in the evening, uh, never when I first got to the gym because that's when, it, you know, I, I got there, you know, 4.35 o'clock. But I would find a way in between every appointment to use and leverage scheduled three-way calls 
because and it was really it was really pretty simple. <clears throat> I would just tell a prospect, say, listen, that's somebody that I want you to meet. This is a very influential guy. He's uh, you know he's a attorney here in uh, in Brentwood. Um, you know he's had success in personal injury and. You know, he, you know, he's he, he and I have partnered up in this, but let me let you listen to his perspective, and you know, just take ten minutes of your time. And you know what? It may it may not even be for you. It may not even be something you're interested in. But let, let you know what I would what I would recommend is that you take ten minutes to listen. And if it does, then great. If it doesn't, fine. I, I would just remove the pressure. I would take away the fact that that they had to do anything if they didn't want to. And I would just say. All, all I want to sell you on is your evaluation of what led me to make a decision. Because I think it, the decision was right for me. I believe it may be right for you. You might be the right person for us to team up with and to go out and build, uh, you know, a national and international marketing and distribution company and be very successful or not. You may not be a good candidate. I would just learn <clears throat> to speak with people in such a way just like I was building, I, I, lack of a better word, the board of a brand new company. And I was interviewing who might be a good candidate. I was never begging. I mean, I, I learned right away, you can't beg or plead. Or if I go to your meeting, maybe you'll come to my meeting. And come on, just please make the time. that You told me you were going to make the time. So when I started, when I realized when you're apologizing and you're begging, your likelihood of success goes way, way down. When you start speaking to people as though, and, and truthfully, the reality is, you really do have what they want. You do have an opportunity for financial freedom. You do have an opportunity to build and develop a business where the, the need for money is, is much reduced other than where they are today. And if they're not open to that idea and they want to keep down the same track, no, no harm, no foul, your job is to deliver the information. It's their job to accept it. In the event that they don't want to accept the opportunity, hey, you've done your job. And maybe their maybe the timing of them getting involved is not right today. So, so I've always I've become a big believer in buying into your process. Now, if you're not having results with your process, you need to relook at your process. Are you using three-way calls and conference calls? Are you leveraging third-party information? Are you, are you using the tools? Because the, the, here's the deal. If you're talking, I'll just use a number. If you talk to 10 people and you're 0 for 10, that probably does mean that you need to reevaluate your process. You need to reevaluate your approach. You need to, but if you're, say, 1 or 2 out of 10 that say, okay, I'd like to at minimum buy your product or take a look at the business, now what you have is a ratio that has appeared. And ultimately, all we're doing is giving people an opportunity to develop a ratio and then reproduce or duplicate that same effort with other people. Now, one of the things that we're going to be doing, and we're, I'm going to be, uh, we'll be sending it out here in, in uh, probably the beginning of next week, we're going to revise our business opportunity presentation. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to, you know, we're going to reduce the length of the presentation, the amount of slides in the presentation. We're going to kind of, I, I, I hate the word dumbed down. I don't want to use the word dumbed down, but let's just face it. When you have a more sophisticated effort to try to sell something, the, the, uh, the duplication is going to be minimized. So while we still want to know about 
you know, the doctors that are involved in the business, and while we still want to know about all the science that they deliver, we're going to let the doctors deliver some of that science. In our presentation, we may have a slide, one or two or three at the very most, that, that uh, designates the uh, clinical application and the science as it relates to uh, CBD and how it, how it affects the endocannabinoid system. We're, I'm a big believer in that. And it, it is truth. I mean, I like to make sure people are aware of really what it's doing, uh, you know, to, to your uh, immune system, what it's, what it's doing, you know, you know to your, your central nervous system. That's the two primary areas of your endocannabinoid system that has the, the most profound effect. And there's millions of receptor sites. And we all kind of, maybe we've listened to this a thousand times, but the, the truth is when it comes to duplicating the information that we're wanting to communicate, uh, not everybody can do that. So we, we want to make sure we just kind of consolidate some of the information. We, we kind of get the slides a little more streamlined because now we're, this week <clears throat> we're beginning our calls, our Tuesday and our Thursday calls, where we're just having people come on and just share their testimony of the results that they had with the product and the results that they've had with the opportunity, right? And, and, and now we've got a whole group of folks. So on any given call on a Tuesday and Thursday, you know, we may have anywhere between 15 to 20 people. Now imagine how powerful that call can be if you're inviting new guests to come on a call for 20 minutes just to, hey, just want you to hear from some people from around the country. We've got some people up in Idaho, some people in California, We've got some people up in uh, Oklahoma, some people here in Texas. Just listen to some of the folks from different walks of life, different backgrounds, some involved in real estate, some involved in insurance, some involved in, uh, in a number of different areas of life. Just, just listen to the results that they're having with, with a product that uh, is, comes from a company called Wellness Biosciences Rx that creates a, a, very, uh, a very high concentrated medical grade uh, line of CBD products. Uh, they're, they're, they've brought on a durable uh, and simmer. A lot of people have heard about it. You know, a lot of people have used it. It comes from a lot of different people, but th this company's endorsed it, embraced it, and they have it at a competitive price. I mean, just come, just come on and listen to what these people are saying about it, and you'll be shocked and amazed and surprised at how powerful that call can be. We were just going through the, uh, we were kind of doing a dry run on, I think, last Thursday, and we were just letting people go on, come on and just share their testimony and, and learn how to actually communicate a message that, that encompasses who they are, what their background is, um, which everyone's very good at talking about. That's, you know, talk about themselves, right? Who they are, what their background is, and, and then share a little bit of information about the results that they've had with the product. It doesn't have to be 10 minutes worth. It can be literally 30 to 60 seconds at the most. And then, and then just talk about the excitement of where they see them, what they see themselves doing. If, hey, I just want to make sure I go out and give an, a, a lot of people in my life an opportunity to feel what I've been experiencing. My anxiety has been minimized. Uh, I sleep through the night. I feel so much better using this product called Balance from WBX. And, and what I'm excited about is being able to share that with as many people as possible as I move forward and an opportunity to hopefully generate some extra revenue. Now, that's not hard to do, but sometimes if you haven't actually done it and you've not actually timed yourself within two to three minutes, it requires a little bit of practice. But I'll tell you this, I promise you, once you've done it about two or three times, you'll find people start getting so well 
and so comfortable with the information that they don't even want to stop after two to three minutes. They want to keep going. Yeah, so it's, it's, sometimes you have to learn how to drag people up on the stage, or, or in our case, a Zoom call, and then, and then as they get going and they get uh, you know, more well-versed in the information, then what ends up happening, or what can end up happening, is that they, they get so comfortable that you have to kind of you know, teach them how to pull away from it, right? So, so all that to say this, there's a number of different things that we can do but we never, I've never seen anybody in this industry, and I know some people, a good friend of mine in a different business is earning ridiculous amounts of money, ridiculous in some sense, but really proud of them. But, but he's, he's doing it not by himself. No one ever builds this business by themselves. And, and you guys, I mean, we've got some, some phenomenal people in our business that are plugged into what we're doing. And these people, I mean, they're... Yes, I mean, Sarah Davison's got an MBA in marketing, and we plan we plan to, you know, to tap into to that resource. As a matter of fact, we'll, we'll be making an announcement um, uh, here later this week. But uh, Sarah Davison is is an individual that we we've come. I mean, her and her husband Jeff, we love them. They're they're just uh, salt of the earth, wonderful, straightforward people, honest, transparent, and really, she's got a skill in the detail of what's needed to uh, accomplish many of our goals from a marketing perspective. And we're going to have her, you know, kind of uh, project manage and head up our marketing team and work with us internally, and we're excited about that. So she's a resource, a God-blessed resource. She's one of the owners and founders of this company, right? And, and, and I'm, not, I'm talking about significant, you know, participation, her and her husband. So they believe it's real to them. Nobody builds a business better than owners. And so we realize that, and, and you guys should know that too, in your effort to build and develop your business. No one's going to build your business better than people that have an ownership and entrepreneurial mentality. So we have this unique collection of people that are, that are entrepreneurs that are working together. And if you look at, you know, just listen to some of the folks that, have shared their information. I, I, Jen Rennell, who's up in, um, you know, up in the Fort Worth market. I mean, there is a skill. Sometimes we can see more in other people than they even recognize themselves. But I can tell you from working and, and dealing with hundreds of thousands of people in my career, I, I promise you, some uh, individually and some by group, that I can tell you people in, in this organization that we have in the early stages of growing it have phenomenal talent. Jen is a gal up in Fort Worth who has worked uh, with people in, in a lot of different areas. That you know that that uh, that collection of people in that spa environment, she's very familiar with. She's worked administratively and built some large businesses. So there's a skill there that we want to harness and help her accomplish great things in the business. And, and we just provide the tools, the information, all the resources. And we just team up with people that are teaming up with us. Olga Chapman, right here. Uh, you know, Olga came, comes to us. She's out of uh, the real estate industry, done a number of different things entrepreneurially, but she's got this entrepreneurial mindset where she understands taking responsibility for her own actions. Anytime that I've ever heard people, and this is not Olga, but this is a, a given example, the employee mentality, that weak mentality of people that cast blame, Anytime I hear someone casting blame and not accept, accepting full responsibility, that's a personality disorder by its very nature. 
Now, I don't say that the moment I hear them blaming this person for that. Hey, you're the one that brought this to us. You're the one that we sat down. We didn't talk to them. We talked to you. You're responsible, not them. So I understand that maybe that wasn't in the fabric of how they were raised. I recognize that that isn't necessarily their makeup today. Maybe they can skate through life by casting blame by some that don't understand and know, but you have to realize that is an entrepreneurial spirit. Listen, if you can't take full responsibility for where you are, you sure as heck can't take full responsibility for where you're going. So the fundamental concept of being an entrepreneur in this, in this space that we have is taking responsibility. Listen, are, are there victims? Are there people that face challenges? Man, absolutely. Are you kidding? I can tell you without a doubt there are. It's sad. But that doesn't mean that we have to dwell on the, on the victims and, and the things maybe we've all been victims to also. It just means we all have made decisions. And we live in a free country today. We're still free to the extent that, you know, we are. <laughs> and uh, we are ultimately responsible for where we are, what we're doing, where we're going, decisions we're making. We, we make those choices, not anybody else. And so if we can take responsibility for where we're at and take full responsibility, forget about casting blame and blaming people that have, you know, have not been uh, straight, straightforward, forthright with you, have not conducted themselves in the manner that you would like. Maybe you haven't also. So be careful. Don't, you know, don't look at the speck in someone else's eye when you have a plank in your own. You know, be careful about the judgment that you might cast. But just be a person who takes complete responsibility of where you are today. Some of it may not be great. Some of it may be phenomenal. Maybe you're living in the house that you'd like to live in. Maybe you're driving the car you'd want to drive in. Maybe your kids are going to school where you'd like for them to go to school. Maybe all that's great. But for some people, it's not. So in order for us to move forward and move forward productively, it starts with taking responsibility with where we're at. And I believe that entrepreneurial spirit really can flourish and grow once we come to that point. My friend Al Cheek out in California, up, <clears throat> up, he gets up at 4.35 o'clock every day, starts his day, begins his day in, in meditation and prayer that he, that he has facilitated a great success for him. And God has blessed him. You know, and he takes no responsibility. He really puts it all the onus on his faith and what he believes. And he's consistent with it on a daily basis. That's the makeup of who he is. Stony Grimes. I mean, I, I, I get, I'm so excited about working with Stony is every time I turn around, Stony is giving uh, inspirational quotes on social media. I've started to do the same thing because I realized the impact it's had on me, and I give him credit for that. And I, I told him, I said, you know what? I, I had a call with him uh, last week. I said, hey, man, I just want to let you know how excited we are to work with you and you're going out and getting customers today, but those customers are going to start transitioning into people that want to make a decision to get involved in the business. And I'm just so thrilled about the attitude that you walk through every day, the way you approach your life, because it's contagious and you bring so much value to it. So it was a great conversation. I just wanted him to know from, from, my, from my heart to his. But it, it doesn't stop there. I mean, Gail Kinney, phenomenal. I mean, are you kidding? Great ads, great value, always a breath of fresh air supports everyone within the organization. We just love her participation. And, you know, Michael Vandiver, who, we, who gets on these calls at 8.30 every Monday morning, almost every Monday morning, we may not necessarily see him in, in, in during the day. He's got other things going on on our Zoom calls. We may not see him in, in meetings, but he's always plugging in. And so I just want to encourage us all as we kind of go through the week, guys, as we move into this week, 
you know, there's so much more that we don't know than we do know. There's so much we can get from the day, not just get through the day, if we put ourselves into a position of doing so. And so I just, I love the idea that we've, you know, we've got all these tools to leverage from. We've got all these individuals with these talents and these backgrounds. They're only valuable if we put them to work. And here's the thing. When people come on a Zoom call and they're willing to offer their testimony, in fact, Dr. J.P. Nesik is going to be heading up, <clears throat> I think, the Zoom call on Tuesday. I'm not sure who's going to be doing it on Thursday. And, you know, <clears throat> Sean and I might plug in now and then just to hear and listen to what's going on. But this company, guys, is not about us. It's about you. That's right. It's about you, not about us. Our backgrounds, what we've done, the past doesn't equal the future. It's what's taking place right now. You know who people want to hear from? They want to hear from you. They want to hear about the results that you're having. They want to hear about the, uh, the opportunity that you present to them. And they want to hear other people <clears throat> edifying and supporting that. And they want to hear from you, the people that are actually building the business. So anyway, guys, with that, I'm going to turn the call over my partner, Sean Baker, and, you know, we have this, <clears throat> Sean and I have, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> pardon me, we have a unique relationship because we've worked together now for many years, and we, our first, um, our first time partnering together, because that's really what we did was when, you know, was Sean was a, was a distributor, right? We all know the story, and, and became highly successful, by the way, not because of me, but because Sean decided to utilize the tools around him. He utilized the people in his upline. I promise you he did. He utilized me. Some days he wore me out, and I was so thankful that he took it upon himself to follow. So the, the thing that Sean was really good at, when I think about him and I, and I go back in time, he was really good at following instructions. And he didn't, he didn't allow himself to get uh, distracted to the left or to the right. We all have times and things that distract us. I'm not saying he didn't. But he, for the most part, he just kept focused on the delivery and improving himself in the business. And he became a seven-figure earner. Now, sometimes, you know, we say that the big three, people have to have desire, will, and teachability. Well, he exhibited all those things, but he, he developed them. He worked on them. And, and to this day, now, at the time I met Sean, Sean was never a reader, or at least not that much in the personal development. And today, I, I think that there, he, if you listen to him, and you listen to the information he's getting ready to deliver, you'll find that it's, a, it's just a way of life for him now. And, and I'm saying to you, no matter what you do in this business or how successful you become, at least consider, at least entertain the idea of, of developing you, because if you do that, you'd be shocked and amazed at the results that you have in time. So with that, brother, I'm going to turn the call over to you. Love you, man. Appreciate all you do. And I'm going to sit back and take some notes. Great job, partner. Great job. And uh, thank you guys for joining these calls on Monday morning. And, and Barry made some just phenomenal points today. <clears throat> Although the one thing I'll, I'll start out and say that I disagree with, you know, in a fun and loving way is, is, is Barry was a great help. I brought the energy to the table that was required, you know, the, the fuel for the car, so to speak. But that was it. I had some raw talent, and I had the ability to, to get up early and work late and, and be full of energy and, you know, be somebody that could communicate with people in a way that, that could interest them in, in getting additional information. I was really just a great curator, if you will, for, for lack of a better word. I was somebody that was really good. I was a good host. I, I would put it that way. I was a good host. I could throw a good party. I wasn't 
the music, I wasn't the food, I wasn't the DJ, I wasn't the alcohol, I wasn't the bartender, but I, but I could host things well. And then I would let the other characters, for lack of a better word, the other characters in the play do their, their job. And Barry was a consummate professional, always helping me move people. He'd ask for a quick rundown, okay, tell me a little bit about this person, where are they at in life, what do they want to accomplish. And, and guys, most of the work was really done right there. When Barry would say, you know, what is this person's five-year plan? I'd say, well, gosh, I don't know. And that, that was a, an indicator. You know, it's funny because my daughter, and uh, I'll try to keep it brief today, but my daughter's 22 today, and I just couldn't be more proud of her. She's my oldest daughter. I have a 25-year-old son. But my 22-year-old daughter launched a business last night. And I won't tell you guys because I don't want you to feel like I'm soliciting or, or trying to get you to help her with her business or anything like that. But she started an online female uh, clothing boutique last night. It launched at 8 p.m. She's been working on it now. She graduated college, you know, Texas State in about, in about two and a half years. And she's been working full time and, and living with her mom and, and saving her money. And kind of unbeknownst to me, I mean, I knew she was working on this idea and I helped her get an LLC started. And, but I didn't really know what was exactly going on behind the scenes. Which, you know, the reason I bring it up is because most time in people's life, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, do we? You know, it looks good on paper. They're driving the right car. They live in the right house. They've got the right husband or the right wife. And then when you really drill down, which is where I come back to my point with Barry, and you ask someone, look, it looks all, all looks good on paper. Where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years? Most people don't even, can't even acknowledge the question you just asked, much less can they answer it. They, they can't even be with it. And so to tie back to Sydney real quick, she, uh, she did this online clothing boutique. Well, apparently all of this hard work she's been doing over the last several weeks or even months came to a, a head last night when she launched her website, you know, at 8 p.m. Now, between 8 and 9 p.m., she had like 50 uh, new followers on Instagram. She had, uh, I think she said 97 people visit her store website, and she had um, – and she sold like $300 worth of clothes, you know, $300 worth of, worth of product, if you will. And I'm so proud, and I couldn't be happier of her. You know, she just, she's just my world. You know, my, all my kids are, but she's just, I'm just so proud. And I tell you all of that to say, you know, she's already struggled with the legal formation. She's already struggled with their website going down. She's already struggled with a merchant processor. Like, and this has nothing to do with, CBD or network marketing or building a distributorship. These are just business problems. But when you don't treat your business like a business, and I'm not talking to anybody on the call, I'm, I'm talking to, as Barry was talking about young, young Sean, you know, I didn't have, I wasn't a reader. He's absolutely right. I wasn't a guy interested or engaged in personal development. Outside of, I did listen to things like Zig Ziglar because I was in sales and I wanted to be better at sales. So I was all about developing my skills, my sales skills, but that's not what Barry's talking about. You know, Barry gave me books or turned me on to ideas like, you know, The Millionaire Mind or Think and Grow Rich or The Millionaire Next Door, you know, just different. They're still about money and they're still about entrepreneurialism, but they're really about your mind, which is what I'm talking about with you guys this morning. It's about your mind and your mindset. When I treated my distributorship like this extra thing, and hear me, because I know some of you guys might be in this place, okay? When I treated my distributorship like this 
side thing or this extra, I'm using the word extra on purpose, so stay with me, because we all have problems, right? So when I was treating my business like this extra thing, then the problems were what? They were extra problems, right? I already had problems in my life. I already had financial problems. I already had challenges in my marriage. I already wasn't spending enough time with my kids. I was already working, you know, burning the candle at both ends, working 80 hours a week. So my side business or my air quotes extra business, which had the p potential to, to generate extra income, okay, significant extra income, when things weren't good, it created extra problems. And I'm using the word extra in lieu of what should be business. These are just business problems. They're not extra problems. They're not even really problems. They're challenges to be faced and overcome in your business because every business has its challenges. So the reason I brought up Sydney is because she, you know, she's complaining about her merchant account, and I'm laughing because we're struggling with some challenges with our merchant account for probably the third time you know, because it's just what's going on in business today. So these aren't extra problems if you treat your business like a business. They're business problems to be, cha to be faced and, and, and to overcome. And so uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys because those are the times really that my business exponentially grew. You know, when I met Barry, I was, I was and I'm just being, I don't know if I've ever even told him this, I was just enamored. He was a great speaker. He was a sharp dresser. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful children. I, I think at the time, it seems like he was driving, I don't remember. It, it, oh, I remember it was a Jag, it was a silver Jag with black leather interior. and It looked like something right out of a movie. And I was just, I was just enamored. But there was no depth. I didn't know or, or frankly even care about the relationship that he had with his wife or with his children. It was all about stuff to me. Like, how'd you get the car? How'd you get the suit? How did you get the country club membership? And it wasn't until, and I think Barry probably knew that, even though I never quite said it that overtly. I think Barry probably knew that's where my head was. And so he would say, hey, you know, read this book called The Traveler's Gift. Read this book called The Next Generation Leader, all books that he shared with me and or gave me at one point in my journey. And they meant the world to me because it exposed, it, it helped me begin to understand before I actually had money what I would do if I ever got money. And that's an important thing, you know, that's something that Sydney and I were talking about. I said, look, I said, this little exercise, you know, this little side hustle you're doing that you, you, you don't treat like a business doesn't, you know, pan out. And that's, that's, that just is what it is. Right? It's an exercise. It was an experiment. It was this thing you did one time right after you graduated college, and it's a cool story. Or, or you can commit the time, energy, the effort, the resources, and more importantly, the education. I mean, she shared with me. She said, Dad, I learned more in the last 90 days than I did getting my bachelor's degree as it relates to business. I said, honey, welcome to the world. They don't teach this stuff in college, you know, not, not that I'm aware of anyway. And so I'm so grateful for the journey that she's on. But as a guy that has been in that transitional phase of a thing I'm doing on the side versus a business that could not only feed my family, but provide a passive six or seven figure residual income, and then ultimately even turn into inheritable money, an asset uh, that, that belongs within my, my, my portfolio, right? It's something that I can will to my children and my children's children. There are people you know, grandchildren who've never sold an Amway product in their life but are millionaires and multimillionaires because of either their parents or their grandparents 
or as time goes on, you know, as a new new crop of folk kids are born, maybe even millionaire great grandchildren from you know great grandparents that sold Amway in the '60s and the '70s. You know, there's those are stories in the industry. So I was just sharing with her. I said, look, you can treat it like a side hustle, or you can treat it like a business that might ultimately be something you pass on to your children or your children's children. And uh, mind you, she doesn't even have children. She's engaged to be married next January. But I'm trying to share things with her well in advance so that she can begin to expand her vision and start making some decisions and some choices about how serious she wants to pursue this opportunity. And I don't, guys, I want you to know, with my daughter and with each of you, I don't have any grand design for her life or for yours. I want your dreams to come true. So when I talk to you guys individually or in a group about you know, what are your financial goals? What do you want to accomplish? How much time do you want to spend with your significant other or your children or traveling? It's not because I'm trying to get you to do something I want you to do. I want Sydney, my daughter, to be gainfully employed. I want her to make good money. I don't want her to stress and struggle like I did at her age. And I want her ultimately to be happy and fulfilled. That's all. How she gets there, the world is her oyster. I don't care if it's through a clothing boutique or a J-O-B or maybe she becomes a, a wellness biosciences distributor. I, I don't know. I just want her to have the pursuit and the, and the fruit of her labor and feel rewarded and, and whole, you know, as much of her adult life as she possibly can. Well, what do I want for you guys? What do I want for myself? What do I want for my business partner? The same thing. So when I engage with you guys, please don't think there's any judgment, any authorship, any any you know, malice or any, any manipulative direction. If you say, I want to make 50 grand a month. Now, guys, this is, this, and I have to, I'm going to talk a little bit about Paul today, Barry, because, you know, but Barry was always extremely helpful, but he was also very tactful. And he was always very articulate and he was always very professional. And sometimes my thick headed skull, I need to be hit between the eyes with a two by four. And in the old organization, you know, we had a two-by-four, for lack of a better word. I'll just call it what it is. It was a guy named Paul. He was my uplines, uplines, upline kind of deal. But he was never, ever. Paul was the first guy to roll up his sleeves and get his hands dirty. He was the first guy to say yes to a 6 o'clock appointment across town. I mean, the guy was as hard a hustler as I've ever seen. But he was a bull. Now, ironically, he was a former estate planner from, from a bull riding career, but when I say he was a bull in a china closet, I, I mean it, man. You never knew what was going to come out of that guy's mouth. But I have to commend him because most times if you can handle, you know, all caps truth, you know, there's like there's telling the truth, right? There's a telling the truth versus telling a lie. But sometimes there's like the capital truth, like, like telling somebody their breath stinks. You know what I mean? Like, hey, maybe nobody else will tell you, but you need a breath mint. Like, like you're going in to talk to 15 people and I can smell you from 10 feet away. Now, you know, just, just trying to be a little funny here, but, I mean, that was Paul. Paul was the guy that, man, if you had a booger in your nose, he'd come across the room and say, hey, man, you got a booger in your nose. And he just, just like that. It was just out there, right? Well, where that came beneficial to the business is, guys, he was able to kind of cut right to the heart. And, and, and I know we're all adults, and I want to be professional. But, you know, and as a matter of fact, I just, I just call it BS, and you guys all know what I mean. But he was able to cut right through the BS with people, and sometimes it turned them off. Let's just be honest. I want you to know, you, you know, you, there's, the, there's the pros and the cons to every style, every delivery method. 
But I got to tell you, for as many people as Paul would, would turn off, you know, there was other people that that kind of slap in the face was exactly what they needed. Sometimes I was one of those people. I'd say, oh, I want to make 50 grand a month. He'd say, great. Are you ready to work, you know, 365 days? That's literally what he would say. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? He's, and it didn't, it wasn't that I had to work the next 365 days, guys. I don't, I don't want you to miss the message. It was that I was going to have to do whatever I had to do to make six figures. It's that I was going to have to do whatever I had to do to make seven figures. Now, at the time, you know, he was back and forth between Houston and Atlanta. But Atlanta, the Buckhead area, was really hopping and was really humping. I was already making six figures. I was on my way to seven figures. And I remember one day, Paul said, are you, are you prepared to take it to the next level? Are you ready to be a seven-figure earner? And I said, yeah, man, you know I am. He said, okay, get, you tell your wife you're moving to Buckhead, Atlanta. And what do you think I did? I said, well, I, I'm not moving to Buckhead. He said, okay, that's fine. You're not ready. And, and again, it's not about moving. It, it, please understand, this isn't about Paul. This isn't about moving. This isn't about – it's about doing whatever you have to do. You know, Barry owned a, a, a large facility with his private trainer and in, in, in West L.A. and had, you know, superstars training this facility. And I'm sure, you know, when he unlocked the door and, un, you know, beep, 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 the alarm and Tom Cruise's entourage is coming in at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm sure that part of the job felt good. Hey, Tom. Hey, Jamie Lee. Hey, Arnold. You know, that part probably felt really good. Then when he went in the bathroom and he realized that whoever closed up last night didn't clean the toilets, guess what Barry's doing? He's running to the supply closet getting the Clorox, getting a, getting a scrub brush, and he's on his hands and knees at 5.15 in the morning after opening the door for, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or whomever, and he's on his knees scrubbing the toilet. Well, why? Well, part of it's because it had to be done, and, and there are people, myself and, and Barry and a number of you, that just you just do what has to be done because it has to be done. But there's other people or, or, or uh, other uh, attributes within some of those same people that say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not better than this. I'll do whatever needs to be done. But why am I doing this? Why do I have to come in my facility that I pay the mortgage on, I make sure my employees get paid, I pay for all the equipment, I do all the capital expense, I do all the marketing, I bust my rear end, and at the end of the day, here I am, 5.30 in the morning, on my hands and knees, scrubbing the toilet. There are people that get, that get tired. They just get tired of it, Right? But then there are other people who, and this is, comes back to Paul, there are people who justify that. Well, I've got this mortgage, man. I've got all these employees counting on me. I, mean, I don't like cleaning the toilets, but, man, it's got to be done. And they kind of become, you know, in corporate America, they call it the golden handcuffs, where you get a job that pays for your lifestyle, and then you get older. Because, you know, that, you know that, that there's age discrimination laws, and I'm not going to get off on a tangent, but there's age discrimination laws. Because about 45, you become less desirable as an employee to the average employer, right? So if you're 45, 46, 47 years old, you've got tenure with a company, you're making six figures, your kids are in private school, you've got a country club membership, your husband or wife is able to be a stay-at-home or entrepreneur or volunteer at the local church or whatever, and all of a sudden you start to justify, well, my boss is a jerk, but I'm only five years from retirement. Well, I hate what I do, I hate my customers, but, you know, my wife, my husband, they don't really want to go back to work. Now's not a really good time. And you start to justify your situation. And where Paul was really phenomenal was just calling the BS and saying, look, you spent the last 20 minutes complaining to me about your jerk boss, 
your ungrateful customers, your lackluster product, how your company infrastructure doesn't work, how they cut your commission structure, how they reorganize your territory. And now when I start talking to you about an opportunity, you want to go back to how great your job is. After telling me all of your woes for 20 minutes, now you want to defend your job, right? That's the psychology of people. So he was able to just say, you know, and sometimes it was as simple as this. Are you serious? How serious are you? He used to say that all the time. Are you serious? And how serious are you? He, uh, I was talking to somebody one time that wanted to, actually, I don't mind sharing with you guys. Uh, it was Deborah Duncan. If you're a Houston local, you, you know who Deborah Duncan is. She's on uh, Channel 11, and, and I think she was actually on Channel 13 for a minute, too. And she even had a, a, a good morning show, kind of a Houston Oprah Winfrey, if you will. But Paul and I ended up going and sampling her on product, and, and she had had a child. Uh, ironically, Deborah Duncan, her last name's not actually Duncan. That's her, that's her uh, I guess, like her stage name or what have you, or like her, her, her uh, professional uh, anchor name or whatever you call it. But anyway, we, she had just had a son. His name is actually Duncan, and I don't remember their last name. But anyway, his name is Duncan. And uh, she put on baby weight. She, she put on a lot of baby weight, as a matter of fact. She couldn't get it off. You know, for, to be at a 6 a.m. Uh, TV show, she, if you don't know, I mean, you have to get her around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, be at the studio around 4.30 or 5, like an hour of makeup and prep, and then you're on the air at 6 o'clock. Well, she's exhausted, tired at, you know, what, 6, 7 p.m. at night, 8 p.m. latest, because she's been up since 2.30. So her adrenals were all messed up. Her weight was out of control. Her personal life was had its challenges because of her schedule. So we sat down with her, and she starts talking about this and that and the other. And Paul, and it blew my mind because I was a little bit starstruck. I've been watching Deborah for, gosh, probably 20 years. And I sit across from her, and Paul just says, well, you know, Miss Duncan, I just have to ask you a quick question. How serious are you about losing this baby fat, this baby weight? And she just stopped, and she's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm very serious. She's like, no, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm asking you for a reason. And he always was very calculated. And, he, and she said, okay, well, you know, why are you asking me? What, what, you, what are you getting at? And he said, well, I'm asking you because if you want to lose 100 pounds, which it was quite a bit, whatever it was, I don't know if it was quite 150 pounds, 60 pounds, 70 pounds, he told her, he said, look, you're, you're, the answer to your challenge is not in the bottom of this weight loss bottom. You didn't gain this weight overnight. You're not going to lose it overnight. So if you're not committed to, to 10, 12 months of safe, effective, you know, five to 10 pound per month weight loss, then we're wasting each other's time and, you know, you're not that serious. And I'm just sitting there half in awe and half mortified at what's going on in front of my eyes. And I watched her transform with literally kind of a tear in her eye. And she said, no, she said, I'm, I'm experiencing some health issues. It's time I get serious and put my, make myself a priority. I've got to get this weight off. And like, all of the stress and pressure just left the room immediately, but he had the intestinal fortitude or the gumption or, or maybe just the lack of a filter, whatever it was, to look her dead in the eyes and make sure she understood the severity of what she was dealing with and the commitment that was going to be required for her to make those changes. And that's really what my entire message is about today is Barry did that for me. Lou did that for me. Some of you on the call have done that for me. You've sat down and said, look, I need to get real about my situation. Here's what's going on. And when you get to the capital T truth, okay, like not, not, not a truth versus a lie, but the truth of your life, and you start evaluating. I mean, guys, look, none of us are promised tomorrow. 
I'm 44 years old. I'm about halfway through my journey if, if God lets me live out all of my days naturally. And that is a crashing realization. Now, do I sit around every day twisting my mustache and twiddling my thumbs and counting the minutes for the next 44 years? No, of course not. But is it kind of, kind of kick me in the butt a little bit and say, hey, hey brother, you got, a, you got a married son who's probably going to start making babies before too long. Your daughter's about to get married. You're about to have a junior and a freshman, and you're 44 years old, brother. Like, are you doing all you can do with the time that you're given? And I have to ask myself that question every day. And oftentimes, guys, I have to ask myself that question multiple times a day. Multiple times a day. Did you make, did you make it a productive, fruitful morning? What are you going to do this afternoon? Whose lives are you going to, you know, whose life are you going to touch? I mean, we had a, Barry and I had a great conference call with Dr. Poonsalon and her husband, John, uh, here just, just last Friday. And, and, guys, I mean, part of our investor group, and, and for those of you on the call that are investors, I know there are several of you on the call that are investors. Guys, you need to realize when we talk about the commissions we pay and we talk about the trips and the incentives, your startup dollars, I mean, of course, Barry and I's commitment of, of finances, time, energy, effort, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not self-deprecating or in any way, you know, reducing what Barry and I have had to do, the sacrifices we've had to make and continue to make on a daily basis. But that's just what business owners do. You guys as investors, some of you that are passive or active investors, I would hope you know the incomes that people are starting to generate are in, a, in part due to you, due to your dollars, due to your efforts, due to your belief. You know, the commissions that, that they're generating, you know, now as a result of, of customer product sales would never have happened if we hadn't raised the capital to buy the product to begin with or to pay for the comp engine software or the marketing uh, software or the website or the shopping cart. All of the things that you see before us today are as a byproduct of those of you that got involved within the last year or two years ago that had belief in Barry and I and our vision and gave your time, energy, and your financial resources to make it real. So I just want you to know that if you fast forward three or five or seven years and there is some man or woman or couple and they're on stage and they're getting an award and maybe one of those big, silly, prices right kind of checks and you know, for fun, and maybe, you know, I know it, I know it, it, it Barry's old you know, company, I competed for, I had two BMWs, I had a 745 and a 750 that were, that were leased to me and that the company paid for, but in addition to that, one year they ran a his and her Rolex uh, contest, and that little Z3 black convertible two-seater Roadster, they gave one of those away. Well, guys, fast forward into our journey Say we decide, and I'm not saying we have to do the exact same thing. It could be a car. It could be a trip. It could be, you know, a house. It could be a cash incentive. But when someone is on stage someday making that thank you presentation, getting that award, whatever it may be, and they start bawling, because I've seen it happen, about where they were, where they got to, and then, you know, where they're headed, you are a fabric of that story. So I just want to take a pause for a moment this morning because we thank you guys all the time or we feel like we do, maybe not enough, but we, we're so grateful. So we always take pause to thank you and tell you how important you are to us. 
but, but maybe oftentimes we don't tell you the why part of it. And so for each of you guys that are on the call today, not only investors, I mean, you, anyone that contributes and makes the company stronger, makes the brand stronger, makes the opportunity better, you're not only potentially changing your life and your financial situation and that for your children and your children's children, but across the table from you, the stronger you make the opportunity, the better you make it for someone else. I mean, I'll tell you right now, had it not been for Barry and Lou starting their company, you know, there wouldn't have been a Paul and a Kent. And if there weren't a Paul and a Kent, I just fast forward without boring you through all the genealogy, but there wouldn't have been a John Holt. There wouldn't have been a Sean Baker. And Sean Baker's kids would probably be, you know, uh, paying off fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 in student loans right now instead of starting their life completely debt-free with their college degree in hand. That is all as a direct result of not only Barry and not only Lou and not only the two guys that started the company, but everyone that participated in the organization and made it viable, made it a viable, exciting, fruitful opportunity, those are all the people that I thank on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. I thank them for their participation. I'm going to tell you right now, John is a good friend, still a great friend. He was arguably the worst sponsor in network marketing history. He took 30000 well, 24000 hard dollars. I placed a $30,000 order and I wouldn't promise it, but I don't think I ever saw him at another meeting again, ever. Worst sponsor on the planet. Now, he's a good friend, and he's a good guy. He just was a guy that had a lot of life going on, and, and he took my, you know, he, he got paid a big fat check on my order, and then he was gone. But thank God for a guy named Brian, and above Brian, a guy named Paul. And beside Paul, a guy named Kent, and underneath Kent, a guy named Ogie, both of which earned zero dollars on me. But the, the stronger they made the opportunity for me and the more success and fruitful uh, results I had, the stronger I made the opportunity for them. And that's where we're headed, guys. And so I just want to share all those things with you today. You know, Sydney's journey about starting her little company, I say little company, I mean, maybe she's the next Kendra Scott. I have no idea. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not invested in the agenda. I'm invested in the fact that she's growing, she's learning, she's giving her best. And she's committed to, to her journey, whatever that may look like for her. And as we dial it over to here, I would just ask that, that we are, ask us to, I would ask that you allow us to help you with your vision, with the daily steps, with the action steps required, with the things that you need to do. And, and I'll just leave you with this, guys. You know, I, most of you, if not all of you know, that I lost 50 pounds, you know, I've kept about 45 of it off. So I'm, I'm about, I'm, yeah, I'm about 45 pounds down from where I started, somewhere in the ballpark maybe of 18 months ago. But I would just tell you, you know, the, the first part of that program is no alcohol for 30 days, just for 30 days, not forever, not for the rest of your life, just no drinking for 30 days. I would tell you that 99.99% of the people that I've talked to look at me and they say, man, you look great. I need to lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds or 40 pounds or 50 pounds. I want to do what you did. And I almost feel like pulling the Paul on them and saying, are you serious? How serious are you? Because I'll tell you 99% or more. As a matter of fact, I don't know of anyone that's done the same program that I did the way I did it since I've done it, that when I got to the you can't drink for 30 days, they, I'm out. I'm out. You look great. I'm glad. I'm glad you're off reflux medication for the first time in 20 years. I'm glad your clothes all fit great. I'm glad you're running. I'm so happy for you. 
If I can't drink, I'm out. And that's sad to me. And, I, and I'm not. And there's no judgment. It just simply says, okay, then, then that heart attack that's coming or that reflux that's eating a hole in your stomach or these other health issues that you told me you have, they're important, but they're just not yet important enough for you to not drink one month of your life. But, guys, you need to know that's, that's, that's people. That's people. Let me just stop there. I was going to make say something longer. Let me just stop. That's people, and that's who we're dealing with every single day in whatever we do. Maybe it's CBD. Maybe it's title, mortgage. Maybe it's you know, real estate. Maybe it's car sales. Whatever we're doing, we're in the people business. That's the greatest intangible, and, and you have to learn how to navigate them and, 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 be, and be truthful and transparent and honest and forthright and, and sometimes a little assertive to find out what they really want and if your journey's aligned. And if not, guys, don't hesitate to tell them that too politely. Listen, hey, Joe, I've enjoyed this cup of coffee. Let me pick up the tab. I've really enjoyed reconnecting you with you. It sounds like we're on different journeys. It sounds like you're headed back to your J-O-B. It sounds like you're headed back to justify your income and your golden handcuffs. And again, I wouldn't say it this bluntly. Maybe, maybe I would. But it sounds like this is the path you're headed on. I'm headed on financial independence debt-free, seven-figure income, residual income, something to leave my children and my children's children. That's the path I'm headed on. It just sounds like you're headed on a different path. But maybe after some time, our paths will cross again. Let's keep in touch. I love you. I wish you the best of luck. And take it away from them. Let them know, the direct, you know what you observe in a polite and professional way, but let them know what you see in their life, reflect it on them, and then take the opportunity away and move on. There's, there's 7.3 billion people on the planet. Don't let 10 or 20 or 100 no's discourage you because there's 7.3 billion people on the planet. So with that very great job today, great energy, great information, looking forward to a phenomenal week. So glad to have you guys on the call and, and looking forward to our marketing call. And uh, we'll, we'll be updating you guys with some pretty exciting information as the week unfolds. So with that, Barry, thank you so much. I'll kick it back over to you. Great job, Sean, as always. <clears throat> Just, uh, you know, great takeaways, by the way, from the information that you communicated. And I think there's a lot of value, guys, when you sit back and just think about it. You know, it, it, there's a combination of different voices and different influences that have probably affect your, affected your journey. Certainly not just one. Certainly not just mine. Certainly not just Sean's. But it's a combination of voices and ideas and opinions that have an influence over what decisions we all make on a daily basis. And I just want to encourage you, you know, just, just kind of tune in to the few things and the few ideas and the few, um, I guess, the few specific uh, points that, I, that identify with your philosophy that make the most difference and let those be the determining factors. Let that guide your direction. Let that set your sail so that you can come, you know, get, get as close as you can to the outcome that way you have a clear direction and a path. You stay away from the rocks. You stay away from the sand. You stay on charted course. So the distance between where you are and where you want to be is short as possible. So with that, guys, thank you so much. Have a blessed day. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow, more, tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock on our Zoom call. Have a great day. Bye-bye.